The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Warm greetings for our fourth talk on what is the Dharma. And um, so one of the meanings of Dharma is the teachings of the Buddha, what he taught. And it's interesting then to look at, because there's volumes and volumes of of texts that uh, purport to be his recorded teachings. I find these many of these quite inspiring and and really delight in swimming in the those those ancient teachings but the um but what specifically is the dharma and the analogy I'd like to use maybe a poor analogy is that uh, say there's a modern teacher that uh, that uh, has wonderful buddhist teachings and the person you use often talks about um, uh, some as a metaphor, a simile for their uh, traffic lights driving down the road. And, and when this teacher talks about traffic lights, mentions that green means go and red means stop. So then over the centuries, uh, people recognize that this is in the teachings of this teacher. And so... Sure enough, maybe at some point society changed, decides that better colors for go and stop. But that teacher said, you know, kept used referring to, you know, the colors that we have in the modern world for go and stop. And so the people who are into that person's teachings will say, wait, no, no, we believe that green means go and red means stop and that's the way it is and that's our religion and that's our faith and we have to believe that because that's what our teacher said. And now that's a misunderstanding uh, of what the teachings were really about. That that was just a metaphor, an example, just using something in the modern world. As, and it wasn't necessarily that the teacher kind of held absolutely this is the truth that has to be this way. So in the same way, the Buddha taught a lot and um, and is all of it really what you know he was about? Really, his teachings. How much of it was just using and folding in uh, teachings of his times and ideas of his times and concepts of his times? And we find people coming to the Buddha to ask questions in a particular paradigm, particular framework, and uh, and then the Buddha just accommodates that framework, uh, but he twists it uh, or t- t- transforms it into. Uh, his own teachings, what he wants to teach, but he uses that person's framework. And um, is that framework, you know, the Dharma? Or is it a little bit different? It's kind of, it's a vehicle for the Dharma, but maybe it's not exactly the his core teachings, what's really essential to carry on from generation to generation. So uh, what we can do to find, kind of answer this question, what is the teachings of the Buddha? is to go back and look specifically at the places where it said, these are the teachings. This is the Dharma. And uh, where it's that specific, that exact, what's being said. And what we find is a remarkable thing. That uh, over and over again, predominantly, the message is, has to do 
with uh, some direct contact experience with the present moment. Uh, something right here that we can do. Um, and, um, and very much what's pointing to is not only direct experience, but more than important than experience, the actions that lead somewhere. So talking about Dharma means actions, or, and then that these actions can have consequences. And so we want to kind of choose the actions that have the beneficial consequences. So, for example, the Buddha says in one place, a very famous simile, the simile of the raft, um, that uh, the Buddha says, uh, so I have shown to you how the Dhamma, the Dharma, is similar to a raft, being for the purpose of crossing over a river, not for the purpose of grasping. So he says that uh, the simile is that you come, the person comes to edge of a river and there's no way of getting across big, big river except by making a small raft, getting, getting wood and reeds and different things and constructing a raft and then, um, uh, paddling the raft across the other side. When they get to the other side, the purpose of the rasp is not, of the raft is not then to carry it on your back into the forest and down wherever you go next. It served its purpose. So don't grasp it, leave it behind. So one of the teachings here is the Dharma is something provisional, it's something contextual, that it's useful for a particular purpose. And beyond that, we don't look for it to understand what color traffic light should be. The, um, and, um, and it has to do with not grasping. And um, so then it goes, on, goes on, to, on to say, when you know the Dhamma is similar to a raft, you should abandon even the teachings, how much more the teachings, that are, things that are contrary to the teachings. So he, the, there's tremendous importance on not grasping. Don't even grasp these, the Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha let alone other teachings. Don't grasp on, you know, ideas about traffic lights. Don't grasp to anything. So this idea, this centrality of not grasping in this little passage uh, represents what I'm trying to say today, that these teachings are so about the immediacy of now, the imminence of now, how we live now, um, something that we can experience just as well 2,500 years ago as we can experience today. These are very modern teachings, except we don't build rafts, but, but the, um, so much. But um, the emphasis on grasping here. So the, the Dharma has something to do with the heart of it about not, not grasping. Um, and here's a fascinating uh, description of the purpose of the Dharma. Uh, the Dharma is for the elimination of all standpoints, all uh, obsessions, all adherences, all underlying tendencies, all decisiveness around teachings. This is the true teaching. For the stilling of all reactivity, for the relinquishment of all attachments, for the ending of all craving, for cessation, for nirvana. So, 
uh, this, so whatever the Dharma is, it's for this purpose. And this purpose, it's kind of a lofty purpose. It's not exactly, you know, something you experience in the moment. But it is something that's part of the moment, part of our direct experience. There's nothing here about future lives, nothing here about, you know, fantastic, ultimate uh, uh, communion with the cosmos or uh, some deeper insight into the true nature of reality. Uh, it's mostly about releasing and freeing. And in particular, around teachings. Earlier I said, don't even grasp the teachings. The Buddha says here, uh, all kinds of opinions, viewpoints, standpoints uh, that we hold on to, and this is how it should be. Uh, he teaches so we don't do that. Somewhere else he teaches uh, very eloquently um, that uh, what he's teaching is not a view, is not an, a, a philosophy, is not a, a um, doctrine. Uh, what he's teaching is the uh, is the letting go of all that and something deeper, something more valuable, and this, uh, the stilling of all reactivity. So the relaxation we did in the last meditation. Uh, could be called, rather than relaxation, could, could be called st- stilling of all reactivity, bodily, mentally, and emotionally. That um, when we relax, it's always relaxing our reactivity that somehow is built up within us. A monk once came to the Buddha and said, can you, uh, you t- teach me the Dharma in brief so I can remember it and go into uh, the forest and uh, practice on my own? And so um, this is, you know, that's a kind of an important, you know, now he's going to give you, you know, now the Buddha is going to give that pithy, a short version of this is what the Dharma is. And um, in this case, he says, um, uh, you should let go of desire to anything which is impermanent, anything which is inconstant. Let go of clinging to it. That's all he says. That's the heart. That's the, one of the very simple key ways he wants to say it. We can protest, we can have our uh, doubts about it. What about, wait a minute. But some, here he's pointing to something very deep. And the important thing I want to say here is that um, it's, uh, it's an action, the action of letting go. Um, it's a, uh, letting go for a, uh, for a particular consequence, the consequence of becoming free. And this is kind of the domain, the area of what Dharma is about. And earlier I talked about not grasping. Here it's talked about not having desire for anything impermanent. Anything's going to, if you hold on to anything which is going to change, you'll suffer. What's the alternative way to be with it? And, um, and we find uh, a good number of times in the sutta that someone comes to the Buddha and says, teach me the Dharma in brief. And repeatedly... It's about, um, it's something very immediate, something very practical, almost in modern terms, maybe psychological, um, that uh, doesn't have any recourse to metaphysics, to supernatural, to anything beyond what's possible to experience in our direct experience. Um, So the last thing I want to read when he says, when you know the Dharma for yourself, that's the point. He's talking about something you can know for yourself, not a teaching that you have to take on faith, but a teaching that you can experience. And 
you know, this is why we're practicing this mindfulness, to really be able to have some deep experience of this for ourselves. And here is a, another pithy way where he says, how you know the, what the Dharma is for yourself. When you know there is greed, hatred, and delusion within you, and when you know there is no greed, hatred, and delusion within you, then you know the Dharma is visible here and now, immediate, inviting to be seen for oneself, onward leading, and to be personally realized by the wise. So here, you, again, we, uh, maybe it diminishes it in some people's minds to call this psychological, but I use that as an alternative to supernatural or metaphysical or, or um, something kind of beyond the kind of what our everyday experience is like. That, uh, that uh, to know greed, hate, and delusion of all its different forms and to know that it's, uh, its absence then you know the Dharma. The Dharma is about seeing the, what's happening, uh, knowing suffering, knowing the causes of suffering, and knowing the end of it. And that end of greed, hate, and delusion or it can be temporary, but the Buddha says here, if, even if it's temporary, you have a kind of qualitative experience of really free of greed, hate, and delusion. Maybe just accidentally on a very good day, you had good sleep. Appreciate that. There's something about that that you're experiencing. You're knowing the Dharma directly. Oh, this is what it's about. This is the Dharma. This is possible. This is what I have a relationship to. This is what the actions can be about. How I live my lives in accord with or supportive for this movement towards this kind of freedom. And um, uh, so... The Dharma, as a teaching, is what supports or points to or highlights what I've been teaching the first three days of this week about what the Dharma is. It's the relatedness that we can live in. It's the actions that have an effect on that relatedness. And it's uh, the actions that um, transform that relatedness to one of freedom, of goodwill, of care, of compassion. Um, this is this is the Dharma, and um, so so. If you'd like to do some homework around this, um, do this uh, relaxation thing. Relax, open up the present, see what's here, and see if you can have some taste, some experience of non-grasping, of non-clinging, of non-reactivity that gives you a feel for, oh, the Dharma, this is valuable. Maybe you have a small experience, but then if you extrapolate, if this became complete, became full, oh, this is good Dharma. So, thank you, and... um, Look forward to the last talk on this topic.